Good evening, everybody. Football Cantina MX Podcast back at it again with another episode. We will be covering the last game of the regular season, the matchups for Liguilla, upcoming friendlies for the national team, and of course, some chisme. But before I go any further, let's introduce Joel. How are we doing? Doing good. Doing good. The goats defied expectations and they they came through, man. So I'm... I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> Chivas upset, I think, Morel, uh, Monterrey. 3-1 on Saturday. We were losing 1-0. Things were looking pretty dim. But they flipped the switch in the second half, late in the second half, ended up winning 3-1. And they finish in seventh position. Yeah, something we talked about here about just the importance of being top eight. You know, you know, she was, it's been a long time since Ligia and, and didn't want to go in with the, with the handout of, of the 9 to 12 you know, yeah, we... stimulus, Liguilla stimulus. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, to finish seventh, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, it's a, a team like Chivas, they want to do higher, but they were only four points, three points, I mean, from Cruz Azul, which was fourth. So it's not, not that bad, not that bad. Um, you know, especially with this project they have going with Ricardo Pelaez and, and all the, you know, the whole season has just been one, one, um, say, calamity after the other. Yeah, I think everybody wrote us off for this upcoming match just because of the fact of how hot Rayados were at the time. You know, going in, winning the... Uh, the Copa Amekis getting the treble for the for the year, and then us having off the field problems and making the decision to remove four players from our team, and also not having our coach because our coach has COVID. So I think everybody thought, uh, despite being on the road for Rayados, everybody thought that they would win easily, and that wasn't the case. A goal by Saldivar, a golazo by Alexis Vega. And then Angulo at the very end. And uh, fun fact, Chivas with the points and the amount of games, one loss and draw, have the same record as the 2006 Chivas that ended up beating Toluca in the final. So we have the same record. Interesting. Interesting. And and also another fun fact, just how we see the Selección qualifying to the World Cup with like four different coaches. There was four coaches uh, this season. You had uh, you started off with, wait, maybe five. Because you had Tena. No, no, no. And then um, who was the guy that coached for his assistant? Oh, you, Two. Are, are you talking about like the interim coaches while they were out? Yeah, so when Tena missed the first two games and it was like one of his assistants. Oh right. And then and then he came back and he coached one game. And then after he got sacked, Leano coached two games. That's right. Then Buse came in. Right? And then he missed his last game and that was his assistant. Uh so that's <laughs> I, I gotta make sure this assistant's not the same one as the first one, but it could it could be five. Wow! Took five coaches to get Chivas to Liguilla. <laughs> it it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, despite the loss, Rayados will still be sitting pretty in fifth position. Uh, they will not be going directly into the playoffs. Though they will be in a one-off wild card game against Puebla. We'll go over the, the scores, um, but. I just want to take a look back at the at the overall table and the thumbnail for tonight's episode. Leon 
in first place with 40 points. They only tasted defeat one time. But guess what? There's another team that also only tasted defeat one time, and that's Pumas. But no one's given them any love. Well, we've, we've given them love here. That's, that's, <laughs> they've gotten, they've gotten their, their free shot here at the Cantina. Uh, but yeah, you don't really hear the media talking much about Pumas. Um, we have some bad luck going into Liguilla. They do, uh, because unfortunately, as of today, we have received the news that Alfredo Talavera, who, in my opinion, was probably the goalkeeper of the of the season, um, in the regular season, will be out for six weeks. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what they're... And is, is Americas, is, is Ochoa still? Because I know he, he was going to be off for a while. Has he come back? That's a very good question. We talked about that too when Ochoa was gone, but I mean, America came back pretty yeah. strong. Um, Ochoa's back, and they they finished on third. You know, this was a one team that I thought would have. You know, I think the possibility was there, just because they were going through some stuff. But here is um, you know, Piojo and he. He led that team into third place. Uh, and then Cruz Azul is in fourth. They were, it looked for a while like they were going to challenge for first place, but Leon just, you know. They just wouldn't they lose. They never dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. With uh, Leon in first place, they ended up actually drawing with Toluca yesterday 2 2. So, I mean, it wasn't easy. There was a penalty involved and a red card. I mean, Leon were down a man since minute 16. So, they were still able to to retain that crazy streak of not losing a game. And uh, I would say our favorites to win the league, although I always like to think about the Liga, how it's it's a completely different tournament. And... Very rarely do you see the super leader actually win the title. In fact, it's almost been like a curse that whoever's in first place ends up getting eliminated in the first round. Yeah, it's it is curse of the super leader. Um, for me, I'm I'm a, I'm a stick to my guns. I said Cruz Azul at the beginning of the season, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang in there. Although Pumas, man, and and like like you said. All the, all the praise is going to Leon because they did finish with a big eight-point, you know, it's eight-point difference between them and Pumas. But if we look at the goals for and goals against, um, they're pretty they're pretty even. Leon scored 27, Pumas scored 29. And then um, goals allowed, Leon 14, Pumas 17. So it's, it's, I mean, yeah, when I'm showing that there are no pushovers and, and then just going into this Liguilla, uh, Chivas as well, you know, speaking of pushovers, because they did get that draw against Pumas and then they beat Monterrey. So um, that was one of the worries because, you know, the other teams, they had lost to Cruz Azul and America. I don't remember how they did against León. Uh, I believe we lost that game against Leon. Let me ask. Let me ask the internet. <laughs> or zero, actually, zero. yeah, it was the first game of the season. I actually, it's been that long. It was the first game of the season, zero zero game. Um, it was a zero zero draw at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's go over the the, the scores from match day seventeen. Puebla beats Atlético San Luis one zero, and with that. They have made it to Ligia has the 12th seed. <laughs> Again, that D minus, man. <laughs> that D minus. Well, I mean, good for them, I guess. Puebla is, is, and it'll be embarrassing if you get knocked out by the 12th seed, man. I don't think you want that to happen. And and so you're saying 
because of the curse, they could be the team to beat Leon. Yeah, one thing, one saving grace about uh, Puebla is the fact that their striker, Santiago Ormeño, ended the regular season with six goals um, right behind Henry Martinez, the top Mexican goal scorer of Guardianes 2020. So, Yeah, Ormeño is another one of the guys we highlighted here early on during the season when we were talking about his career path, yes. especially compared to uh, Dineno at Pumas. Yeah. And uh, it just goes to show how much of a struggle it is for the Mexican striker to succeed and and just be relevant in, in Liga Mekis. So um, uh, the, the, the goal... Com- Campeón de goleo this season was Cabeza Jonathan Rodriguez from Uruguay. Who's, who's Cruz Azul, yes. Cruz Azul. My favorites. So <laughs> if he could continue with that hot streak. And he's won, you know. He's he's already won with Santos. Uh, he ended the regular season with 12 goals. And now looking back out of, of a decade <clears throat> of, of Liga Mekis, there has only been... Three Mexican strikers to be campeón de goleo. Uh, Chicharito in a three-way tie back in 2010 with Hercules Gomez and Jonathan Fano. Then Ángel Reina in 2011, 13 goals. And then uh, last season, Alan Pulido, joint joint tie with Mauro Quiroga with 12. So this is a crisis in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, it's been a crisis. Um, Jaime, it's it's been like that for a long time. Uh, the only, because we could say saving grace for the Cheech was that he missed he missed a few games because he was doing selection. I just don't remember how many. Yeah, if I'm but not mistaken, if we, the, uh, I think the reason why he ended up being like first is because of the minutes to goal ratio. Even though you know it was a three-way tie for ten goals, I think he did it in in the least amount of time. He did, he did, and I think he would have he would have taken that. Um, but no, it's it's been I don't know if it's worrisome, but it's it's been a problem, and it's it's just going back to how much easier it is for the Liga MX to to bring in a a more proven player. Again, we'll go with the. Ormeño Dineno comparison, you know, you if you're a club like Pumas and and you need you need to bring in a striker, you have someone like Dineno already where you can see his, you know, just just he's more experienced than if they were to get a canterano or or just some some unknown player. And then here you have Ormeño. This was basically his first full season. You know, who knows how much more better he would be if he had, if he had proper, you know, the same playing time as, as someone like Dineno. But it's again, it's it's cheaper for the clubs to bring in a striker, and they could profit more. Yeah, I'm looking back at the ten-year, you know, leader of goals, um, the. What do they call it in Spanish? Uh, in Spain, the Pichichi. Yeah, Pichichi. No one in ten years has scored twenty goals. In I guess like what seventeen at most nineteen fixtures. And uh, I just keep thinking back, uh, Cardoso who scored thirty six. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast. He He's... was a beast indeed. Thirty six. Uh, in his defense, uh, in twenty five matches, so between. Regular season and Ligia, but still, 36 goals, yeah, man. No one's going to get close to that. Not even Gignac. Yeah, well, I think well, I think one of the big changes has been that that a lot of the teams have evened out. So before, you you know, um, there was some teams that were, like, stronger than others and, and, and you know, but I think I think now what we're seeing is 
You see, you think it's more of an even playing field? Kind of, because then they expand it and you have a big drop-off once mm. they did the whole expansion. I gotta I gotta give it more thought here. Yeah. I, mean, I was I started thinking about it and it's like I'm I'm not even convincing myself. <laughs> I mean But that that was my original thought how some teams like evened out. Um but then you have the teams like 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 you've had teams like Veracruz and Luis where it's like they're over well, the cruise no longer there, but but when they were there, mm-hmm. and then right now it's San Luis and even the Pueblas. Uh, I mean, before that, Lobos blew up and pretty weak, they're pretty weak, like they're not at that level. And then the other clubs, like you don't kind of see the maybe you just have the two Monterrey teams that are like constantly getting the refuerzos bomba, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do think the other clubs have gotten a bit smart about bringing in players, and sometimes they bring players that they don't seem like top purchase, but they end up being being pretty good. Yeah, and and we will be talking about transfer rumors pretty shortly. Uh, meanwhile, on Friday, Juarez was leading America all the way up until the 86th minute. However, Henry Martin tied up the game. It was Ochoa's first game back from his injury. And with that, unfortunately, it wasn't good enough for Juarez to get into Liguilla. They were up there with Puebla trying to fight in for that 12th spot. But the draw did them no good. And they will be watching the Liguilla with us on the couch. <laughs> I don't I don't think no one expected Juarez though to Yeah. What are you talking about, man? They got the bomba refuerzo Marco John Fai Fabian. Did he even do anything? I mean, I, I don't even <laughs> remember seeing him playing. I saw him, but he was on the beach. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a good call out. I don't think he uh, he did come in as a sub, but yeah, he's he's had a forgettable season. And just uh, took him over there, and he. he I like, mean, he was not. He was like a. He was not enthusiastic he, about going. <laughs> I needed a paycheck, and I guess they were like, "Okay, he can't play, but how can we use him in this?" It's like you know, it's kind of a small town, and then he was like, "We'll just have him be at grand openings, you know, <laughs> or like a supermarket or paletas, whatever." He's at the uh, the Oxo. <laughs> right there cutting. He's at the Oxo. New Oxo. Cutting the string. <laughs> uh, Marco Fabian. I mean, he, you know, he did have uh, underlying back injuries, you know, that plagued his career. And I think that, w- you know, halted his his path because he was doing really good for uh, Frankfurt when he went out there. And uh, he had that back injury because I think he was on his way to um, Turkey. Yeah, and they send him right back. Yeah. I guess he didn't he didn't pass the, the he didn't pass the uh, yeah, the medical. Yeah. They're like do a squad and he probably halfway down he like he can't get up. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he's he's a very talented player and, and uh it did surprise me how he just left MLS. He had been with um the union and I thought he was gonna be here a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next thing you know, and, and they probably did him a favor, just didn't say anything, you know, like, hey, he's 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 damaged good. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, like they canceled his contract because he still had a contract with Union, um, but they just canceled it, and you know, and and I'm thinking that they probably had a clause oh. because that's too much of a risk. So sometimes you 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 could have a clause where it's like I'll yeah. give you a one year contract with like a clause to extend it to three. Right. Because like, you don't want to give someone like that like a three year deal. You're just gonna be right. paying him to sit at home. Um, it's like you have a salvage title. We we can't. We, this is the best we can do. <laughs> yeah, and I guess they must have seen that he was just not gonna get any better. And they're like, you know. Me and Chiki saw him play live uh, when he came out here to San Jose. Uh, he was the Philadelphia Union. We're in town. 
and there was still a lot of people that were wearing Chihuahua's jerseys and like calling out his name and they were like there to see him. And this guy, such a, uh, a great, uh, fan favorite. He took off his shirt, gave it to his fans. Somebody asked for his, uh, shorts. He took those off too, man. This guy, <laughs> this guy walked into the locker room. Yeah. He got it on video too. And another interesting thing is, uh, after the game, uh, we, cause we were there for the press and we saw him, he had groupies, bro. He had these girls that were like waiting for him after the game ended. I'm like, damn. All right, Fabian, look at you. Well, I, when he was, he was living the life when he was in Germany, dude, he had a, a different way out. Oh every other yeah, week. he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, going into the fixtures on Saturday, we had Negaxa, and and this is going to be an interesting one. Negaxa beats Pachuca 1-0, and it was literally like the last minute. It was the 92nd minute, and with that, they will actually face off against Chivas in the wildcard one-and-done one elimination game. Yeah, and, and uh, what they have, they're like on a four-game win streak. I said? was uh, gonna, yeah, they, their last five games, they've won, so they are hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, you're they they lit up right on time. And if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the game where we beat them, it was a bit controversial because. Uh, they were a man down for like over forty-five minutes of the match, and we were we we ended up we were losing one-zero. Antuna scored things one-one, and then at the very last minute, Alexis Vega got us out of uh, hot water and got us the game winner. But uh, there was a lot of controversy with that game because of a handball or possible offsides, and um, so there's. The, there's definitely been some animosity between both clubs, especially because of the fact that Calderon, Peña, and um, Angulo all came from there. Yeah, yeah, and they're not, they haven't been doing too good. I think Calderon and, and uh, Angulo are starting to heat up, but obviously Alexis Peña has been removed from the team, so that was a no-go for, for Chivas. Uh, yeah, but but more was expected from Chicote, you know. They, they were true. expecting him to be more of a key player. Maybe it's, but it takes a while sometimes, you know, doing the switch. It's not always instantly. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, when he had first arrived, then I wasn't starting him. He was coming off as a sub, and everybody was begging for you know him to bench Bonse, and Bonse was still somehow beating him out. So maybe there's some maybe there's something in training. Maybe he just, you know, trains better. But I immediately knew the difference when Chicote would come in and be a way more aggressive uh player, especially offensively. And I think that's why he's been like a fan favorite, I guess. Compared to Ponce, everybody makes fun of him. Yeah. Um kind of talking about Chivas as we circle back to Saturday, you know, again, the the 3-1 victory over Rayados. Uh, We already have rumors of LA Galaxy interested in taking trophies off our hands, and I say, please do. (laughs) They're going after trophies, man. I think that's that's one of those moves because they're they're competing with LAFC now, and they need, they need, they need this, this, Bella type player, you know, that's what they've been wanting to get for a long time. Uh, Cheech's never really been like that. Like he's, he's yeah. more of the he's he'll score the goal. He's a poacher. He, yeah, he's a, he's and, and yeah, we don't say that in negative ways. It's easier said than done. Exactly. Um, but but yeah, like someone that could that could just pull off fancy moves, and um, that could be that could be trophies, but. Oh man, it's like, hey, if, like which trophies is going there, man? Is he just gonna go for the LA nightlife? 
if if you're what, trophies, what? this is like a upgrade in my opinion. You get to go to America. You get to go to Los Angeles. You know, arguably like the hottest city right now, as far as like all the LA teams are doing really well. And it's like a different scene, you know. Everybody, when everybody thinks of America and thinks of California, I think of Hollywood and all that and the celebrity yeah. lifestyle. So, like, in his head, he's like, "Yo!" And then the best part about this is he doesn't have to worry about the Mexican press making fun of him, making memes, being kind of unprofessional, in my opinion. He gets to go to a league that's less as far like less competitive. He'll go in. They'll probably even give him the number ten, honestly, and uh, <laughs> he'll be able to link up with. Chicharro, which in my opinion, they both need each other. Trophies always sets up uh, great passes, and nobody nobody finishes them. And uh, Chicharro's been waiting for someone to give him the ball, and I think that would be a really interesting combination there. Yeah, I I make fun of trophies a lot, but I do, I do, um, ultimately, I do wish him well. And I I think uh, if the opportunity is there, then he should take advantage. Uh, my beef with him is same as a lot of other chivistas who just feel that he he just you know like he's not fully committed, and I think uh, you get to a point where it's like you you can't keep trying to coast, you know. Sooner or later, all the chances are gonna dry up. Yeah, and you get to go and maybe fall in love with the game again. You know, the pressure at Chivas is just too great. Not saying that, you know, LA Galaxy is no slouch. They are the most successful MLS club. Um, But it's a different... I think it's... The expectations are not as demanding as they are at at Chivas. Yeah, the the press here, it's not nowhere near what it is in Mexico when it comes to soccer, you know. Over there, they'll... There'll be ads of the Mexican Messi coming near a city year near you. <laughs> yeah, but any controversy, you know, it's gonna make it's gonna be all over the place. Uh, here is just like so, it's social media, you know, and then one or two radio shows, and that's about it. Uh, but in Mex, you have like four or five newspapers, and it could be could be front page. And then there's there's the, the different TV stations with with all sports. Well, more it used to be two, but then you also have Fox and ESPN. So it's it's you know the the spotlight's on you constantly, and and it's it's just not the same over here. You know the, the sports not as followed. Yeah. Um, kind of speaking about a little bit of of cheese, made a little bit of smoke uh, today. Iguera was uh, found that he's being investigated for fake businesses. And he's the founder of Club Atlético Morelia. So this is not not a good sign for him. What, I don't know founder, but he's one of the... He, he's, he's like... He's one of the directivos. Dice Presidente oh. y Socio Fundador. Of of the of it, I guess because it's like the two point version, right? Yeah. Because they got rid of it, so now he's that's like such a bullshit title. fundador. <laughs> <laughs> he just made up his I, own. Man, that's one of those you know then, you make up your own title. Yeah, man, which sounds nice, but yeah, it's because I mean you know it was Morelia that the Azteca was like. You know, it's just just too much money. Let's let's sell it. Let's sell the franchise to what was it, Mazatlan, and then just I don't know. Uh, you guys can use the name, I guess. The city was like, well, we need a team, and I guess they like I don't know. They have to pay. I don't know. They did a name change. I don't I don't remember what happened, but I guess if it's a new team. Maybe I'm I'm the one. I'm I'm all criticizing, and it could be if it's a brand new well, team. Well, Atletico Morelia yeah. is the, if I'm not mistaken, is the original. Like, it it was founded seventy years ago, so they're not like no, a, no, but 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 Devasteca could own, like they own the original oh, team. 
I this is like another Morelia team, mm. you know, in the city of Morelia. So it's 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 that's why it's a bit confusing. But yeah, you could say, yeah, I guess he. You know what? I take it back, man. Dude is founder of Morelia 2.0. Uh, he's brought football back to Morelia but but you know are we surprised Jaime that you know Mexican club owners doing shady dealings well you know know what's interesting is I was logging into the LigaMX.net website and it says we are like against corruption so I don't know if that's like (laughs) Like it's a pop up. Uh, like you can't even access the site until you ex- you you read it. So I don't know if they're just like kind of like with Chivas and Pilas, like putting their foot down and letting everybody know, hey, zero tolerance. I think maybe that's a sign too. Like hey, zero tolerance to corruption. Yeah, but but you know, like for example, Veracruz, the Cudi, the the guy that was owner. Oh yeah. And he was shady. He was shady for a long time, and, oh, yeah, and they never was. really did. They never really did anything until it got to the point where. That dude just didn't have money. I mean, he owed he owed the team, he owed like the staff, he owed everyone, dude. Man. And and at that point, it was like, dude, you can't even, you know, you can't even finance the club. So that's it. Took to that, it took to this guy, owing them money for months. So I mean, and that's Cody, uh, Cruz Azul recently with um, what is it? One of the, one of the. Yeah, it was so like one of their one of their front office people. Yeah, yeah, he's Billy Cunhalo. I, I kept forgetting his name, uh, but another guy being investigated. Um, she was former owner, but she was part owner Angelicalísima. <laughs> she had her her fundación Angelicalis. Her another one doing a bunch of corrupt shit, you know. Uh, so it's it's this, there's always been a lot, a lot of owners like that that they're doing side hustles. One of the owners from um, the Monterrey, Jorge Lancambeu. Oh really? Dude, he he, he passed away, but he, you know. Huh? Oh, was that? Sorry. He used to he used to launder money for for a cartel. So it's it's oh, it's a lot. It's 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 nothing new. Uh, not surprised. Not surprised, but I mean, business dude. Who who knows? It might not be as shady as it sounds. You know, it's probably just yeah. things that they do to avoid paying taxes and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. But I just thought I'd point it out. You know, because he used to be part of Chivas, and he's very active on Twitter. And you know, a lot of people blame him for the fact that he had to sell all these players. You know, he brought them in, but then he sold yeah. them. So. Yeah, they needed a bad guy, and they latched onto him. And I think the fact that he 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 was getting the spotlight, he kind of brought it in on himself as well. Yeah. And um, he took yeah he he took all the blame. So going back to the results, a very controversial match between Tigres and Atlas. Uh, Tigres were winning, and then Atlas literally in the last second. In fact. The referee had uh, given them four minutes of stoppage, but they scored in the 95th minute off a corner kick. Gignac, not happy with the refereeing, went on Twitter after the game bitching and moaning. And a lot of people, uh, journalists, were criticizing him like, hey, you know, you're over here bitching and whining when you should have scored a goal and you would have, you know, given these guys the win. He's like, you should have put more effort into trying to be in the game than complaining after the fact. Um, what Guignac did, his complaint was like, why have bar if you're not going to use it? Yeah. And he said how there was a play that he felt they should have used the bar. And so, god dang. And he, yeah, I think he... Yeah, go ahead. No, I think he has a point in that in that sense, you know? I mean, and we've seen it in, in other games as well. But, but, I mean, so what was the point of having this if you can't? What is it? You, the coach only gets to contest it three times, or or you don't have. I don't think it. The coach can or, do or, anything. I think it's like the, the the referee has to make the make the call. Um. Oh man, where was I thinking it? Because I thought that like as a coach, you had three. Nah, this ain't this ain't know, American football, bro. They can't just throw throw <laughs> the red flag on the field and. 
Ask them to review it. I said at least three times, man. At least three. Give me, give me three. <laughs> no, there's no way. Um, the reason why you know uh, they were so upset about that is because with that result, Tigres are out of the top five, or sorry, top four. So they will be going into the elimination game. Um, they currently reside in sixth. Yeah, both Monterrey teams, and I was expecting at least one, and I think Pumas is the one that. To blame right there. Pumas also Leon. You, you could say Leon to a certain extent, uh, but but more so, more so Pumas was was, you know, they, they just came in out of nowhere, and and claimed that second spot. But but yeah, the two Monterrey teams definitely would would just they have the most expensive squads, and and you would, you know, expect to be up there in the in the top four. Mm-hmm. So they're still considered little clubs, <laughs> at least for now. <laughs> then on uh, wrapping up Saturday, Cruz Azul Pumas, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Cruz Azul lost at home 2-1 to Pumas. Uh, Orbelin Pineda scored for Cruz Azul, but Juan Ignacio Dineno with a 1-2 jab, 86th minute and the 90th minute to give Pumas the upset. And Cruz Azul do doing know, the, the Cruz Azular yet again. Do you know how they finished, the, how he finished in the Tabla de Goleo? Uh, I know the, you said a cabecita won it. The Dineno, Dineno? Yeah. He ended up in third position, 10 goals right uh, right below Gignac, who had 11. Yeah, not bad for his first season here with, uh, in Mex. Yeah, it's it's another one like that, you know. It's just to get the point across again how some of the Mexican teams have have gotten pretty creative with some of the players they bring, uh, and especially not sure if it's effective scouting or just pure luck. Uh, and we saw it a while back with um, with Morelia, right, when they had the per- the the Peruvian. Um, Ruiz Diaz or Ridas or Ridas, yeah, Ridas, whatever. And and a really good player, man. I was sad to see him go. I thought he was gonna end up at like a Cruz Azul or, or yeah, one 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 team. But he's an MLS, and uh, I wonder if that will happen with him. <laughs> we're just we're just funneling all our strikers, you know. Yeah, and and uh, to... if I'm not mistaken, Ridas scored against uh, San Jose. Over the weekend, so he's doing good over there in MLS. Well, he he, they're the ones that knocked out. Then they knocked out LAFC, and LAFC had this this great season. They broke records, and they go into the playoffs. And, That's right. Uh, yeah, we just smacked them across the head and just, and you know, put an end to that. But yeah, he's he's really good talent, uh, and so Dineno's like, seems like he's he's gonna be. A, could be another one of those players that just good for the league, but remains to be seen if he's going to stay. Right. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot more pressure on him now that he doesn't have Talavera, you know, blocking the goals. He's going to have to produce more to offset that. Um, yeah. We have to wonder how that's going to hurt them going into Liguilla, you know? So, uh, Let's see how their reserve is. But yeah, it's a big loss. A big loss. Because you said, how you said, he's he's arguably was probably the best uh, keeper of the of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And you just lost like a wall, basically. And not just uh, uh, Pumas, but also La Selección Mexicana, who will be, uh, who are actually already in Austria, getting uh, ready for their, Upcoming friendlies, November 14th, uh, they will be playing uh, South Korea. Um, before we get into that, though, let me wrap up the the last games of the season. It was uh, We talked about Toluca and, and Leon tying 2-2. Uh, Santos goleó a Mazatlán 4-0. And with that, they will be right below Chivas in eighth position. Uh, and then to wrap up the the the, the regular season, Querétaro versus Tijuana, two two. 
and I'm pretty sure nobody watched that game because both teams were eliminated. So <laughs> <laughs> that one was and just nobody for cares. nobody cares about that. Um, but yeah, so Mexico will be playing um, Korea and Japan in these next couple of days. So we won't be seeing any Liga Amekis action uh, for another week or two. And uh, Talavera was... Go ahead. Do you know when the repechaje starts? Uh, That's actually what I was going to check. But uh, I guess we can start looking at the matchups for this. Let's see. Yeah, I don't have a date yet. But the matchups will be as follows. Monterrey will be playing against Puebla. Chivas will be playing against Necaxa. Tigres versus Toluca. And Santos versus Pachuca. What do you think about those matchups? Yes. Come again. Say it. Say them again. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be Monterrey versus Puebla. Okay. Wait. So right there, uh, I think, I think Monterrey is going to take this one. Yeah. Monterrey. And I, I think, uh, I, I know they didn't want repechaje, but, uh, I think, uh, les va a venir bien, you know? I think it's yeah, an opponent. It's it's a good opponent for them to bounce back a bit from that from that Chiva loss. I, I Puebla could be the ones paying for the platos rotos. <laughs> That's one of those like uh, punching bags. You just you get all your stress out. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be the punching bag. Damn, they're gonna take out their anger on Puebla. Yeah, it's gonna take a lot for Ormeño to. Uh carry the team on his back and lead them to victory. But uh, don't count out the Super Camotes. We'll see. I mean, the upsets happen in this all the time, and it is a one-game elimination. So it's like if they are to tie, I, I believe they will go straight to penalties. Uh, Chivas and Necaxa, we kind of talked about it earlier. Nikaxa have won their last five games, so they're definitely not the team that you would want to face. But, you know, all streaks must come to an end. And uh, looking back at the teams that they beat, they weren't impressive. I mean, we're talking about uh, Atlas, Tijuana, Querétaro, Toluca. The only the only worthy opponent, I think, was Pachuca. So, yeah, yeah, it was so, yeah, they're on a five-game winning streak, but eh, your opponents weren't that great. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think uh, a good matchup for Chivas uh, won't be easy, but uh, it's very winnable. They're at home. I think they've, uh, now that they've dropped the band hammer and they got a chip on their shoulder, they have you know the fans that they need to please. Uh, I think Chivas should be able to handle Necaxa quite comfortably. On the other, excuse me, on the other side will be uh, Tigres, who just finished out of the top four. They'll be playing Toluca. Toluca ended in eleventh position, and are just coming off of that uh, that tie with Leon. It's a tough one to ch- to pick. What do you think, Tigres? Yeah, it's it's um, damn, damn. Because these teams, you know, it's it's they they give you one really good game, and then, and then, they could give you a really bad one. <laughs> that's just that's just Mexico in general, man. It's been such a unpredictable season. So then it's like, which team is gonna show up? Exactly. How do you see it playing off? Well, you know, you have to go with your gut instinct and 
Tigres, I mean, this shouldn't even be a discussion. They should be winning this game. Um, but you just never know, you know, the 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 way the, the reason why I say that is because Toluca might just end up bunkering the game, right? Kind of like yeah. in a similar situation with like Atlas, who have who have no business yeah, tying and, and it's Atlas exactly. You know, it's Atlas, dude. You should have ran over yeah. them. You should have just but, beaten them like to a pulp. Right, exactly. And uh, and, and Toluca, I mean, they were able to to hold on to a, a draw against Leon, you know, and Leon was in first place. So it's like, if they bunker, force this game into penalties, all of a sudden they have a chance to beat them, you know, and it's going to be a big upset. So it's just one of those things. It's it's very hard to predict. I, I think I'm going to go with Tigres, though. Um, yeah, they're still favorites. Gignac, Gignac is uh, fired he, up. Like in Go baseball, yeah, and 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 in baseball, it's like they call him Mister November or Mister October. I think Gignac is Mister November. Like he just, when it comes to Ligia, he shows up and he scores. So, ah uh, yes, he's yeah, he turns it on. Okay, well, I mean they should, uh, but Toluca, of course, I guess they'll just, at the most, you know, put up a really good fight. Yeah, uh, and then the last game is Santos Pachuca. These two are, I mean. There's really nothing to uh, a difference between the two. They both ended on the same points, 25 and 25. They have the same goal differential at four. Uh, Santos did score, or I'm sorry, yeah, Santos did score four more goals, but they also conceded uh, a lot more goals. So this is this is a pretty tight one. Yeah, I agree. I could go either way, and and but I'm glad Chivas isn't playing either of these teams. <laughs> Oh really? I think are they, they our boogeymen? Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel that way. Um, I I do feel that way that they've been uh, just those teams with the for some reason or another, Chivas ends up struggling against them, and so I think uh, at least not at least not for the first game in mm. in playoffs, you know. Yeah, they did defeat us two zero on the second game of the season. Uh, uh, to be fair, that was, you know, players weren't there and then I wasn't there because of COVID, but still uh, Santos have had, had our number for a while. As far as Pachuca, I- I'm not really sure with them. I know that I definitely have some animosity towards Pachuca because of the elimination games that we've had with them in the past. Um, uh, still stings. There's a lot. There was the Conca champions that we lost in penalties. And then the opening wounds. Why, why are you opening wounds? <laughs> and then the obviously the, the elimination game with literally like our scrub players, like players that were making their professional debut. We were able to go all the way to the semis and then get eliminated by Calero. And uh, yeah, so uh, one thing while we're on the topic of Pachuca, there are rumors about Vega and Antuna trying to bring back uh, Pocho Guzman. Um, so hopefully trophies get sent to LA Galaxy, so we have some trading trips to uh to bring Victor back to uh to Guadalajara. Yeah, and um, yeah, I I let's see what happens because um, you know the the whole the whole worry I think the big worry was if if he was gonna get suspended, at which point he was would have lost not only the transfer but would have just ended up having to pay a player three, four years, you know, because they already had signed a contract. Probably had to do some type of lawsuit or something. It would have been messy. So that's, you know, it would have been a big, messy deal. So I guess that's big, big reason they sent him back to Pachuca, who managed to clear things up. I guess they sent the proper vanilla envelopes. They, they, cleared, the whole, <laughs> they cleared the whole issue up, man. It's like... I, I, honestly, a lot of people thought that was going to be bigger than it was, and then he ended up still playing. So you have to clear it up, and you know they clear it up in a lot of with with Liga MX and with FIFA and I don't know who else, but but they managed to to sweep this mess under the rug, and uh, it's good because he's a talent, and you don't want to lose him for something like that. And right. and he's 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 played pretty good. And I, I, yeah, I would, I would like to see him with Chivas. 
Yeah, I I think he was like the missing puzzle piece of this team. And uh I do hope that we end up getting him back. He was he was with us, right? He was Yeah, this for priest he didn't play, but I mean um No, but I mean like, like he was a he was a Chivas player before. And then he was Oh yeah, he he came from Chivas. Yeah, and then he was uh, traded. They took him on they took him on loan. So so when uh when Pizarro was, when we got Pizarro and Cota, right? He was part of that. Yeah, no, but they sent him before. Oh. This is why a lot of people blame Nestor. So Nestor de la Torres, he was doing deals with Pachuca and he brought Cota on loan. And and then uh he was trying to get Chucky, I think he said. Uh and or one other player, I can't remember, but Pachuca Chuka was like, nope, we're not selling. and But they were trying to buy Guzman. He said, nope, I'm not selling. I know what I have right here. And then when Higuera came, Higuera did sell him in order to finance the Pizarro deal. Yeah. And a lot of people ended up blaming uh, Nestor, but he never sold him. It was, it was uh, the boy Higuera, man. <laughs> which you know Pizarro ended up being you know I, I didn't like it I, when I first heard it, I didn't like I didn't I didn't like the, the the deal but Pizarro ended up being such a huge player yeah and it sucks that the club couldn't afford him because he would have been the one right now leading the club he would have been the he's a star that the team has needed yeah yeah he was a big blow to the offense uh, I'm looking at the bracket, so this is going to be interesting. The winners of these games, this will be the the next team that they'll face. So the winner of Puebla versus Monterrey will play León. So, I mean, that could be a mouth-watering quarterfinal right there if, if Rayados beat Puebla. Uh, León versus Rayados, that'd be great. And then it'd be, it could be a cat fight uh, for Tigres. Toluca, winner of that, will play against Pumas. Then we have Chivas, if they beat Necaxa, will play America. Oof. So, I mean, these are some crazy quarterfinal matchups. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but, I mean, these are like, <laughs> for TV ratings, Just I'm just thinking, you know, this might make up for, like, the the canceled season. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's good. It's good uh, that... that... The football is back and and uh, getting excited again. Well, we just—I still think we need we need fans in the stands. Yeah, I agree. So we'll have to wait quite a bit because again, Mexico will be playing South Korea Saturday. Uh, don't miss out; that'll be at 12 p.m. Pacific time, and then they will play against Japan on Tuesday, the 17th, again at noon. Uh, these are both. Uh, games that will be held at a neutral uh, event uh, in Austria. And uh, it'll be the first time in over a year that Chucky Lozano will play for La Selección, so I'm happy to have him back. He's been uh, doing pretty good in Napoli. He's kind of had a hate-love relationship with Gattuso, but uh, he, did get an, <laughs> he did get an assist over the weekend. So... Uh, He's he's definitely uh, a player that will be a staple for this national team going into the qualifiers and trying to head into the Qatar World Cup in 2022. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I mean, that basically covered everything that we had. Uh, anything else on your mind? Hmm. Nope, nope. I I think uh, just a repeat. Uh, I think the whole finishing seventh was, you know, I, I think uh, Chivas ended up at least reaching one of their goals that they set out, which was to go back into Liguilla, and they did it without needing the assistance. You know, no ninth, tenth, eleventh, or twelfth place. No stimulus. And no stimulus. <laughs> No bonus right there, and and I and also like the whole dropping the band hammer and and 
trying to clean house, trying to get rid of this this mentality of of this party, you know, because going to Chivas seems like the like the frat house, you know, like the party club <laughs> where everyone. We just, are the Chico Chico like state. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I think that's that you know, and and I I forgot because because I was seeing the wind. And well, we were talking earlier, right? And and I, I didn't get to see the game, but I was thinking, yeah, Buse, someone knows someone knows uh Monterrey, it's Buse, and um you're like, but he didn't coach. And I was like, dang, I forgot. So that makes it even more impressive, you know, to have to have the the, the squad uh without four of its players and, and just coming in with, with this also they had been coming from a defeat to Cruz Azul and, and under all the circumstances to pull out this big win, uh, it, I think it says a lot that what this team is capable of. So I, I hope the players that are there are, are more, you know, are, are more professional, more concentrated, and, and they make the best of this with the club now being being back in Liguilla. So let's... And if they do get it, I, mean, I wouldn't be disappointed I mean, yeah, it sucks, but one step at a time, man. You know, I, I, I could say one thing that we could say is the team's at least headed down the right path. Yeah, I will say this, and this might be a hot take. We would have gone there regardless, uh, whether it was Dena or Vucetich. I think Dena, if anything, might have had us at a higher position. But I think either one of these coaches would have been able to do the jobs. I don't really give Vucetich too much credit because I think the the team was playing very well before he came in. And it just happened to be like the wrong timing for for Tena. Uh, yeah, the start with just the just those three games, which yeah. which again we have to say it something happened, you know, like it yeah. it could have been something else. And and uh, yeah, go on. No, I mean, because you know, again, I I, I do have a ele- elephant memory, and I, I I don't forget the fact that Tena had this team running really well. Uh, before the the season got canceled, we were in fifth fifth position. You know, we had refuerzos. We were looking good, and uh, I was confident that we were going to end up in Liga that season. And then COVID happened; they canceled the season. And then, uh, you know, the Copa por México, we beat América. We lost to Cruz Azul in the final, but everything yeah. everything was going well under Tena. So I just I'm a little bit upset that the fact that they you know they pulled the plug on him early. Um, don't get me wrong; I'm happy that we have someone with the with you know Vucetich, the, the the resume and and the titles that you know he ha- he's a proven commodity. So if anyone can lead us to victory, it'll be him for sure. And I agree. I agree. I I think the whole Tena thing. He, I'm putting my tinfoil hat here. Uh, it could be due to the effect of um, uh, the promoter. So when Chiva signed him. They were saying that Hurtado was gonna be playing a role there, cause, cause he not just he doesn't only like put a coach. He'll he'll get that's step one, you know. I, I put I put a coach that I represent, and then that coach brings players that he represents, you know. Mm. And that that could have been when you think about why wasn't he playing these guys. Or why you know? Because there was, like you're saying, he wouldn't use Chicote, and uh, and I know Gallito was another player that he wasn't using, and and so yeah, that is the one thing where I have to wonder was it part of the whole thing where he eventually was gonna try to make a push to bring in some other guys and just say these guys don't fit in my scheme, and and that could have been. I, I, to me, that's 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 one of the possibilities, you know. And when we see other players that are like, they kept messing up and messing up, I have to wonder too if that's not part of like a promoter's influence, you know? Yeah. Because because they do play these shady games where it's like they'll they'll have a player just pretend to be injured or whatnot. There's so many shady. Well, Macias isn't playing right now. He's injured. But uh, no, but he's who who knows? I don't think he's. He's not tied to Hurtado, man. No, he I know. His, if he's injured, he's, that's the one guy that's sort of like, you could say he's he's free of sin. 
<laughs> he's, he's always been pretty straightforward, very professional. But I was saying with with the other guys, and the thing with Hurtado is like nobody knows who he represents. Mm, he, he that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's he's because he he uses like other outlets, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So why I'm saying Hurtado because that's the guy who was at for many years. He was like Cruz Azul would would pretty much negotiate through him to bring in players and coaches. And that was up until Pelayas came in. So when Pelayas came in, he just said, I'm going to bring who I want to get. I don't have to deal with you, which he doesn't as a GM, you know? Right. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of people that with these transactions, a lot of people make money, you know, everyone gets their cut. So I think, and that was one of the big reasons Apelais ended up getting booted from Cruz Azul when the, you know, this dude comes in and he's like, he he brings in the coach and they started doing all these changes and Pelaez was, I, and so I think that was to have this guy kind of follow him there, even though he didn't really follow him since he was already at Chivas, but he must have been like, nope, not again. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of you before, you know. Before it gets corrupted in here, that's my take. Yeah, I don't got no proofs. I got no proofs aside from the, from what I'm telling you guys. That's my proof. Stuff that can easily be uh, researched. But I do, I do that. agree that there are layers to this. There are things going on behind the scenes that we, as fans, don't know, and we don't really know what goes into starting eleven. You know, I. Uh, I would say sparingly watched like Club de Cuervos and we saw, you know, obviously this is an exaggeration of the real thing, but like (laughs) how players would have to like literally like buy hookers for the coach. So he would put them in the lineup. (laughs) (laughs) They did, you know, and they did. I'm glad you mentioned Club de Cuervos because they did one of their stories and see Club de Cuervos, even though it's comedy and and it makes fun of Liga MX and all that, a lot of the stories are grounded in, in stuff. There's that a little happen. bit of truth to so, it, right? There is, there is. Yeah, a lot of that stuff, it's based on on stuff that's happened. Scandals. And they all just that. don't say. They're just not going to say the names or the, for obvious reasons. But they do have one, one um, like in one of the episodes where the it was like a promoter, and he had all his players like drop off the team, you know, like start playing bad and all that to try to get the coach fired. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, you get, you get stuff like that that happens, you know, because, you know, you're a player and, and if you tie to some promoter and it's like, you know, all of a sudden they'll be like, all right, just, just do this. Don't worry. I, I they're guaranteeing you stuff. You, you do get put in a bad spot. And I do think that, like, when we talk about Liga MX and, and why it's not more professional, that's one of the main things that's holding it back, where they are very dependent on on these club promoters that still have a lot of influence in the clubs. Yeah. Like uh. One of them owns, owns... I forgot the name of the team, but... Some of them, like, they they buy the teams now, which you're basically just buying the name. You don't need to buy the stadium and the clubhouse and all. You just need the name and the right to play in first division. So a few of them had, you know, sort of like what Higuera's doing with Morelia, you know? Wait, isn't Leon locked out of their own stadium? Well, it's not their stadium. It, the stadium uh, belongs to the city. That's what I mean, though. It's like, how does that even happen? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> no, well, because it wasn't theirs. You know what I mean? They never built it. Like the city built the team, and then the team is owned by someone else. Well, that's exactly what I mean. It's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, you don't see no, that. Ha- you don't. You don't see that happening anywhere else in the world where they get, you know, kicked out. Landlord well, kicks. You them don't out. get kicked out, but you've seen like NFL where they move. Well, yeah. So like, like you know, Raiders would be like, "We want a new stadium." The city's like, "Nope." And they're like, "Okay, well, who's gonna build me a stadium? I'll move." Mm. You know, and they they leave. So a bit like that. I mean, Chivas didn't own Jalisco, 
Right. You know, that's a big reason they moved and they they went to the Omni. So now that is their stadium. Um, so a lot of teams didn't exactly own. I don't know if I mean, I don't think America owns Azteca either. I don't, I need to check mm. on that. Yeah, because I mean, the club didn't build it. That's what we have to understand, you know? Like the club doesn't build it with their money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that's why sometimes it it's like we think that it belongs like no, no, it's they built the stadium, the team just plays there, but a lot of times it doesn't belong to the club. So even Atlas, Jalisco doesn't belong to Atlas. Oh wow. They they got like a stake in it, but they don't own the stadium. It's Clubes Unidos Jalisco and it was Oro. I mean, Chivas could still have a stake on it. I don't know if they do or if they just like, we don't want it anymore. Let's <laughs> just hmm. take it away. Yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up tonight's episode. And uh, thank everyone for listening to us on the regular season. The best is yet to come. After these friendlies, we'll obviously make sure to uh, cover those next week and then head into the Ligia of Guardianes 2020. I still don't have any dates yet, so I'm sure they'll be announcing those very shortly. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening to us. We were streaming live on YouTube, but I didn't have any any anybody comment on the video yet so uh reach out to us we're on anchor you can actually leave us a voicemail and uh if you have something to say or you want to call us out for something that we said yes please we encourage everybody (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody have a good night